If you have your Bibles, I want you to look with me this morning, please, uh, to Deuteronomy chapter number 8. Deuteronomy chapter number 8. And I know this is 4th of July weekend, and, and yes, it's yucky outside and all that, but the weather's going to be nicer this week, Lord willing, and the sun's going to shine. And, and I think uh, probably I'm, I'm, I'm okay to say that we as Americans are just flat-out spoiled. We're just spoiled. And, uh, you know, not too many of us worry about what we're going to eat. Um, I mean, we might scratch our head over some things because of the condition of our society. But, I mean, not too many of us in here, I'm not saying we're all rich and, and all that, but, I mean, we're not hurting too bad, are we? I mean, I am saying we're hurting a little bit. Gas prices, that cost, you know, the cost of living increase. We're hurting a little bit, but, I mean, we're really not hurting that bad. Technically, I think probably that all of us, could probably do whatever we want to do. You know, if we set our mind to it and we want to do this, we could do it, you know, because that, that's just that's because of the country we live in. And I, I wasn't really going to hit a patriotic uh, message today, but I, I, wanna, I do want to talk to you about something, and we'll kind of tie it in. But in Deuteronomy chapter number 8, okay, Deuteronomy chapter number 8, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, right? And that's kind of a hard word to say. Try to say it fast, you know, Deuteronomy, it's kind of tough. But chapter 8, and let me read a few verses here, and I'll, you'll see uh, the context here. If you got chapter 8, let's start in verse number uh, 10. He says, When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God. In not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten, and art full, and hast built goodly houses, and dwelt therein. And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied. Then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where, thou, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee and he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. And thou say in thine heart, my power and the might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he sware unto thy fathers, as it is this day. And then look at verse number 19. And it shall be, if thou do at all, Forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them. I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. And I don't know about y'all, but I, I saw the exhortation given here in this passage that we don't need to forget what the Lord has done for us. But he said, now here's where the danger of forgetting comes in. He, he said, but if you do forget... 
And this is God speaking to, to Israel. He said, I testify to you. You can mark this down. That if you do forget, ye shall surely perish. And so with that in mind, I want to bring a message this morning on the subject, the danger of forgetting. The danger of forgetting. And let us pray. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to open up thy word and preach what thus saith the Lord for this time and this hour. Lord, we bless your holy name for your goodness to us. Thank you for this country in which we live. Not to say it doesn't have its problems, but Lord, I'm so thankful that I'm an American today. I'm thankful for the freedom that I have today to stand here and preach what thus saith the Lord. Thank you for the blessings that you've given us. Thank you for the clothes that we're wearing. Thank you for the shoes that are on our feet today. Thank you for the food that we've already eaten and will eat later. And Lord, you've been so good to us. Help us to not forget your blessings upon us this day. Lord, I pray you'd empower me now to preach your word, for we ask these blessings in Christ's name. Amen. Now you say, preacher, this is God's chosen people. Why in the world would he have to admonish them uh, to not forget all that he has done? Now I'll remind you of something. God knows us all too well. He knows our human tendency to lose sight of his active role in the daily provision of our lives. Let me explain that just for a moment. We get up and we go about our daily routine, don't we? I mean, we've got the clothes to put on and we, we go about our deal. And, and But we forget that every breath we take, every step we make, that God is control of that. He provides us the air in our lungs to breathe. He's provided us the clothes that we wear. Uh, he provides us the food that we eat. And we go about our daily routines, yet many times not even thanking God for allowing us the health, the ability, the strength to get up out of bed and go do what he has us to do. We go about our day after day after day after day and we don't even think about God. See, he knows that. And, and he has to put it in his word that you need to remember some things. Uh, he, he's active in our life. Now, I know how it is. I'm a man. I know how it is. I mean, we get prideful, don't we? I mean, we say, man, look at what I did. And listen, there's nothing wrong with you taking pride in your work, by the way. I wish more people around here would take pride in their work. I mean, we're living in a society today that could care less. All they have is their handout wanting somebody to put money in it and don't have pride in anything they do. And I'm not talking about the rainbow pride, by the way. I'm talking about taking caution and care of how you handle things, that you do something with all your might, with all your heart, to be the best that you can be, whatever job you work, wherever God's placed you, uh, you do the best that you can do, and there's nothing wrong with taking pride in that, okay? But remember, it is God who gave you the health and the ability and the strength to go do that which he has for you to do. Uh, it, God knew that they were going to need to be reminded. Now, these verses that we just read, they're a warning to the nation of Israel, and those are God's chosen people. Listen, they had been in Egypt, and it was an oppression there. They were slaves to Egypt. I mean, you've read that and you've studied that and how Egypt was an affliction to them. But yet God, remember he sent Moses, remember that, to, to, to bring them out of Egypt to be the deliverer there. And uh, you remember they parted, God parted the Red Sea and they crossed over on dry ground. Remember that story? But yet remember how they got out of Egypt and yet in their hearts, there were some that murmured, there were some that complained, there were some that disobeyed, and because of that, when they left Egypt by foot, it should have been an 11-day journey to the promised land. You know how long it took them? 40 years. 40 years. 
You tell me, I, I believe with all my heart, Israel were Baptist people. Okay? I mean, they were Jews, but they were Baptist Jews, all right? Uh, they, they were stiff-necked. They were hard-headed. And they were, hey, I think God's telling me amen right there. Hey, you're right, preacher. <laughs> but uh, that's just like us today. We're, we're hard-headed. We're stiff-necked. God says, here's what I want you to do. And we say, oh, God, but I got another plan. And your other plan may cost you 40 years, dear friend. It just might do it. If we're, not, if we're not careful, too many times we have a tendency of forgetting what God has done in our lives. And I'm going to keep this very simple and brief today. But I want you, I've got four things that I want you to follow me. You can look in your outline. But there's four things particularly uh, that we should never, ever forget that what God has done for us. But too many times we actively forget what God has done in our lives. And, and if we're not careful, we're going to have a tendency of forgetting all that God has done for us. Let me give you just four ways that we actively forget what God has done for us. And let me say the first thing, or the first way we actively forget what God has done for us, number one, is by forgetting God's past work of salvation in our lives. By forgetting God's past work of salvation in our lives. Now, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 12, I'm going to go through this pretty fast, but their scripture says this, Then beware, lest you forget the Lord who brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Now, God was already giving warning to them that they had been in bondage, they had been in servitude to Egypt. He said, Beware, lest you forget where I brought you from. In Galatians chapter number 5, in verse number 1, uh, the scripture says this, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage, just as God delivered Israel from the bondage of Egypt. He has delivered us from the bondage of sin through his Son, uh, Jesus Christ. Therefore, we should not forget what God did for our lives. He delivered us from the bondage of sin, that oppression of sin, and he brought us into a new life as a new creation in Christ through salvation, through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we do ourselves well to not forget what God has done in our life through salvation, that past work of salvation. Now, listen, I know I, I, I'm a human just like you, and I know too many times I'm looking at what's happening right now, and I say, God, how in the world can this be happening? But yet I forget that the greatest miracle that ever took place in my life was on March 25th, 1983, when I bowed my head as a sinner on my way to hell. But yet when I got up from that altar, I was a saint on my way to heaven because I put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't forget that past work of salvation, dear friend. Now, if you don't have a clue what I'm talking about, I'd love to see you during invitation time. Matter of fact, uh, if, it's, if it's wrenching you pretty good right now, we don't have to wait till the invitation. Amen. Uh, if God is ringing your heart right now through the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God telling you, you need to be saved, you need to be saved, I'd get that settled. The greatest thing you could ever do is come to Jesus Christ for salvation. Now, I know there's a lot of religions out there that say you got to do good works or you got to get baptized or, or you got to speak in tongues or you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to light so many candles, you got to do the rosary. Listen, I'm telling you, there is only one mediator between God and man, and that's the man Christ Jesus. And he shed his blood on the cross over 2,000 years ago to pay for my sin, for your sin, for the sin of the whole world. If you want to go to heaven, it's through Jesus Christ, dear friend. Jesus Christ, if we're not careful, we'll have a tendency to forget 
God's past work of salvation in our lives. Let me give you a second way this morning. If we're not, if we're not careful, we'll have a tendency of forgetting what God has done for us, and it's this. Number two, by believing, by believing lies instead of the word of God. By believing lies instead of the word of God. Now, in Jeremiah chapter 13, verse 25, the scripture says this. This is thy lot. The portion of thy measures from me, saith the Lord, because you have forgotten me and trusted in falsehood, or what we would call lies. Lies. You know what? God's people missed out on blessings because they ignored God's word and believed lies. Now, you'll be surprised. Uh, there's people today that do the exact same thing. They'll believe a lie of the world over the word of God. Amen. Colossians chapter number 2 and verse number 8 says this, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. You know, there's people out there that rather believe the traditions of men over the word of God. That's why those churches, they're packed full today. Why? Because they got somebody giving them a second-rate psychology lesson or somebody trying to give them some kind of motivational speech. And the people want to hear that kind of stuff because in the last days, they'll heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, somebody that wants to just tickle their ears and make them feel good. But we can't ignore the truth of God's word and we can't shun God's word over something that's going to make us feel good. People want to, listen, people will believe a lie over the truth. And I, I, listen, I hope and pray I never have to go to trial for everything, anything. Our judicial system's a mess. You think you're going to go and get a fair trial? You're crazy. You're crazy. But I'm glad today that those scales of justice with the word of God, they are perfectly balanced, dear friend. And you need to believe the truth of the word of God. It's not about how good you are. It's not about how bad you are. It's about have your sins been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay, uh, The tradition of men. When we follow the traditions of men rather than God's word, we are harming ourselves. We're harming ourselves. Now listen, not, not all tradition is bad, by the way. There's some tradition that's good. But I'm going to tell you, when we start putting tradition in place of doctrine, we got problems. There's a whole lot of churches doing that. When we follow the ways of the world and forget what God has said, we harm ourselves. Uh, when we follow after the rudiments of the world, we harm ourselves. We need to follow God's word and his plan for our lives. When we believe lies instead of the word of God, we are harming ourselves. There are blessings that we miss in our life. Because we believe lies over the word of God. Now listen, I believe in my heart, God's a good God. I've experienced his goodness. I've tasted his goodness. The scripture says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I'm going to tell you, if you ever get a taste of his goodness, it's going to make you want a little bit more and a little bit more. But I'm going to tell you, uh, that same God who is good to us, and I believe he is. I, I know he wants to bless his people, but he looks down at his people too many times and he says, what are you doing? You've forgotten me. You're not living for me. You're not trusting in me. How can I bless you? That means he's not good. He's good all the time. But how many blessings are we forfeiting in our life because we're not living our life and following his word like he wants us to? 
Listen, I'm not trying to preach a work salvation today, but I do believe for blessings to extend in our lives that there ought to be some works that we're doing to be blessable. Amen. I, God's agreeing with me real good today, isn't he? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Don't believe lies instead of the word of God. Listen, I don't care how good the, 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 wor the world sounds. Uh, there, there's been people, there's some good people out there in the world, by the way. But anything they tell you that goes against God's word makes them a lie. Amen. And the Bible tells me that the devil is the father of lies. Anything that goes against God's word is going to be a lie. So be careful about that because many times we tend to forget what God has done for us because we believe lies instead of the word of God. Can I give you number three this morning? Number three is this. Too many times we have a tendency of forgetting God. And I'll explain this one, but it's this, if, you, if you're following in your notes. By going after other lovers. Other lovers. L-O-V-E-R-S. Lovers. And it's just like as it sounds. And I want to explain to you. Hosea chapter 2 and verse number 13. And notice what the scripture says. And I will visit upon her the days of the Balaam when she burned incense to them. And decked herself with her earrings and her jewels. And she went after her, notice this, lovers. And what did he say after that? And forgot me, saith the Lord. Now, what is that talking about, preacher? Well, basically what it's talking about is idolatry. When Israel went after other gods. And notice how they adorned themselves and decked themselves out. And God said they forgot me. And what he uses here is the term going after other lovers. And the application of what we would put in our lives today is this. The term would be they committed spiritual adultery. They loved other gods instead of gods. Do y'all remember the very first commandment? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's what God said. So anytime Israel would turn away from God and start serving false gods, and notice how the, in the description here, I mean, you know, it ain't like they just, I mean, they decked themselves out. They went all out. And God looked at that, and it made him angry. His wrath was kindled. And he said, you went after, you went after other lovers, you forgot me. Idolatry. I want us to know something today. Anything that we put before God is idolatry. Amen. You don't have to have a statue in your house that you bow down to so many times a day. That's not, I mean, if you do that, that's idolatry, by the way. But that, you don't have to be a, a Middle Eastern false religion person. Uh, I'm going to tell you, as Americans, whoo we, we've, we've created a lot of idols in our lives today. And I'm not going to go down the list because I'm not trying to bash anybody. I'm going to say anything that you put above God in your life, you are committing spiritual adultery, and God's not too happy about that. Maybe there's blessings you're not receiving right now because you are living a life of spiritual adultery. You're loving other things above God. God was very upset with Israel for forgetting him and worshiping false gods. The commandment of putting God first is an active commandment for us today. And I'm going to be honest with you. We slip into dangerous territory when we let idols creep into our life. Because God is a jealous God. There's so many things I could say. I've got other scriptures for that. But for time's sake, I'm going to go down to the next one. We'll look at number four. We're talking about ways that we have a tendency to forget God. 
But number four is this. By being satisfied with the temporary need of the hour. By being satisfied with the temporary need of the hour. Back in Hosea chapter 13, in verse number 6. It says, according to their pasture, so were they filled. They were filled, and their heart was exalted. Therefore have they forgotten me. Their pasture, okay? They're right then and right, right there and right now, okay? How many times have we been guilty of getting caught up in the satisfaction of the world? Now, the world, there's a lot of things out there, and I'm not saying everything in the world is bad, okay? I've read other scriptures where God wants us to enjoy what he's given us, okay? But there's too many times I raise my hand as well. I've been guilty of the satisfaction of the right here and the right now, and I've let that overtake God being first place in my life, okay, because of the right now. And, and we see that, and we forget that they're getting caught up in the satisfaction of the world, how dangerous it is. I think about, you know, have you ever had hard times in your life? Have you ever had tough times? Has there been times where you didn't know how you were going to pay your bills? Has there been times where you didn't know how you were going to buy groceries? You, you, the baby needed diapers and you know how you're going to do it. You, you didn't know how you were going to get diapers and, and they needed medicine. And you know how you were going to get that or the milk and, and so forth. I mean, there's, there's been tough times. And, and I, I think about that because we've all been through tough times. And, and when things were hard in life and, and, and we, were, we were having tough times, we cried to God for help and mercy. And, and things went well for us because he looked down and he blessed us. And too many times those things happen and we forget. God who God was. I'm glad tonight or this morning that I've had a lot more good times than I've had bad times in life. If I was to take a, a sheet of paper and to write down all the blessings that God has given me, those good things would outweigh what I would call bad things. But then when I think of how many times I've actually stopped to praise God for those good times, you know what? I have to hang my head in shame. Why? Because uh, I, I just assume that God's going to take care of me. God's going to bless me. And, and, and in the assumption of things, I forget that it is God who has the power to give wealth. It is God who has the power to give increase. It is God who has the power to bless us. Let me read you this in Luke chapter 12. There's a danger in forgetting what God has done for us. Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through 20. says, And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits. And my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night shall thy soul be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? It almost sounds like you're talking about an American there. Hey, there's nothing wrong with having things. Golly, if you read the Bible, some of the wealthiest people in the Bible were Christians. There's nothing wrong with having things. What's wrong is when we forget how we got those things. He said, don't forget. 
And in this, this, in this parable here, we see that, that this man, he said, look what I've done. Look what I've achieved. I've done this. And I, I, I've attained so much that I'm going to have to tear down my storehouse and I'm going to have to build it bigger. Look at what I've done. And he forgot the very God of heaven who empowered him and gave him strength to do what he did. When we was reading in our text in Deuteronomy chapter number 8, when he mentioned that they were going to go into the promised land and they were going to build houses. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, they're, they're going to have a, a prosperous land. The Lord is going to bring forth a, a good land and they're going to be very prosperous. And he said, and, and you're going to build goodly houses. <laughs> he said, you're going to have the best life that you've ever had is what he's saying here, basically. And he said, when you do all this, he said, verse 14, Then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt. He said, you're going to say that, that, that my power did this in verse number 17. He said, you're going to say in your heart, look what I did. I did it by my own hand and by my own power. I want to encourage us today. Yes, we live in the greatest country on the face of the earth. We have our problems. We have our issues. But the fact that you can live in freedom, what little bit of freedom we have left, that you can get up and go do your job, whatever that might be, and you can come home at night with the satisfaction that you did what you had to do that day, that God provided you strength and ability. Y'all know something? Health can be taken away just like that. None of us know if we're going to be here tomorrow. I never would have thought Wednesday night would have been the last time I would have seen Brother Herbert. Matter of fact, uh, he amened during the Bible study and everything. I never would have thought that. Never would have thought Friday would have been the day he took his last breath here on earth. None of us know when that last day is coming for us. None of us know. Go out to the cemetery. Walk around and look at the tombstones. Look at the dates on those tombstones. I mean, yeah, you'll see 90-year-old people and 80-year-old people, but you keep looking. You know what you're going to find? 50-year-old people, 30-year-old people, teenagers, and even babies. Why? Because God is no respecter of person. When it's our time to go, we're gone. Amen. Listen, you may be living and breathing right now and feel like you could live and be 100 years old. Just like that, health taken away from you. I'm encouraging us today. Don't forget the goodness of God in your life. Don't forget what he's done for you. Thank him today. Bless him today. And whatever life you have left, and if you're living and breathing and sitting on this church pew, God has a purpose for your life still. Take what he has given you, no matter how much or how little. Give it all to him and serve him to the best of your ability. Let's bow our heads if you would. As we prepare for a verse of invitation, our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. No one's looking around. We do not and will not embarrass anybody. But we do want to give you some opportunity to respond to the message today. If you're here today and you say, Preacher, God has spoken to my heart. God has spoken to my heart. To be honest with you, Preacher, I've been guilty. I've been guilty of forgetting the goodness of God in my life. And preacher, I want you to pray for me. I need to do better at praising him and thanking him. Is there anybody like that? Would you slip your hand up? Wow, several hands, several hands. God bless you. 
Maybe you're here today and you say, Preacher, you're talking about salvation at the beginning of the service. You're talking about Jesus shedding his blood on the cross to pay for my sin. And Preacher, to be honest with you, I don't recall a time in my life where I came to Christ in faith and repentance, asking him to save my soul. Preacher, pray for me. I need to be saved. Would you slip your hand up? Would you let the preacher pray for you this morning? I don't know what your need is, but God does. And if you need to respond to him, what we're going to do is have a verse of invitation. We'll sing. The altars will be open. If you need to come and respond to God, do that. Leave out of here with your heart being the burden of that heart lifted, knowing that you followed God and all that he would have for you to do. Father in heaven, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the privilege to preach and proclaim your holy word today. And I pray for the hands that went up. I pray for the hands that did not go up that maybe should have. Lord, that your will be done in every heart and life. Bless this time, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. As we stand to our feet.